Welcome back, everybody. It is Encounter with God time here on Faith FM. Jasmine, you had the opportunity of doing the intro. I know, but it was too fast. I was, I had no time to prepare. <laughs> Liam, Liam dumped it on Jasmine about uh, three seconds before. Maybe next uh, time. Yeah, maybe next time. Maybe next time. But it is Encounter with God section, and you are here with Lyle and Jasmine. We are about to have an amazing Bible study, and the reason that is an amazing Bible study is because it is the Bible. Woohoo! Amen. And everything in the Bible is amazing, that so is this is going to be uh, super cool. So, Bible study time. We are talking about intercessory prayer, which, as we mentioned yesterday, is one of those kind of unusual subjects because it's like, why do we need to pray intercessory prayer? Doesn't God already know what our needs are? Are we informing God about things that He does not know about? Do we have to pray so that God learns something new about our lives? And why do we ask other people to pray? Mm. Why do we? Why do we ask like the more prayer? Why do we say things like the more prayers the better? Why? Why is that actually the case? Yeah. Does God need to be nagged? Does God need to be woken from his sleep? Does not God need to be called into action? Why do we need to involve ourselves in intercessory prayer? These are some of the questions that we're going to uh, look at today and tomorrow and over the next couple of days as we delve into this subject. There's some great answers that the Bible gives. Uh, But first of all, we're going to look at some intercessory prayers that the Apostle Paul prayed. And the first one we're going to look at is in Ephesians. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 1 and we will start reading in verse 15. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. It says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the Lord of that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding may be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his the the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Okay, now this is really interesting. We're going to spend a bit of time going through this uh, the, through this particular prayer. Before we do, we did have a uh, message that came through just a couple of minutes ago um, in relationship to the news story we were doing earlier. Oh, yeah? Um, and somebody texted in to say, it's amazing that politicians actually think they can mock God in confusing people about their sexuality and bring laws to make it so. We were talking about the conversion ther- the anti-conversion therapy laws, which are not actually anti-conversion therapy mm. um, because, you know, conversion ther- therapy doesn't exist. They are actually just anti-religion laws um, that we were mentioning. Um, they may not believe in God, but God knows them, and they'll have to one day explain to him, and that's uh, the simple reality of yeah, our very world heavy. right now. And a lot of people feel quite confident in being able to deny the existence of God, I guess, because, well, it's not like God hasn't given us a lot of evidence. But if people turn a blind eye to that evidence, sooner or later, the brain wires itself to just accept that as being reality. Mm. Very true. That's the tragedy of deception. But yeah, I just wanted to uh, share that before we got too far into our 
um, Bible study for today. Okay, so let's come back to this. Um, how would you feel if you got a letter from the Apostle Paul and he's like, yeah, I'm praying for you? That'd be awesome. It would, wouldn't it? Or in this case, uh, he writes it to your church. So your church is um, Raymond Terrace Mission. So he writes to Raymond Terrace Mission and says, I'm praying for you guys over there at, at RTM. That's, that would be really awesome. Be very encouraged, especially if it's the Apostle Paul. I mean, he was a legend. He was indeed. So uh, if, uh, you know, I, I, I think that that would be special. Now, the other thing, too, is he doesn't just say that I'm praying for you. He also says that, oh, wow, look at that. <laughs> Shell and Angela uh, just sent us a photo through from Chicago. They bumped into each other. That's oh, pretty cool. Oh, cool. Oh, happy for um, <clears throat> Yeah. So uh, where were we? Getting back to our subject. So he doesn't just send them a letter and says, hey, I'm praying for you guys. Mm-hmm. He's like, this is the prayer I just prayed. And he writes it out. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a question that I have for you. Have you, ever, have you ever told somebody you're praying for them? Yes. Have. have you ever texted somebody and said, I'm praying for you? Yes, I have. Have you ever emailed anybody and said that I've prayed for you? Ooh, have I? Maybe. This is, this is, this is a, what, a 19, 20-year-old? Do you guys still do email or is it all by text these days? It's all, it's all text these days. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Messenger, right? Messenger. Yeah, yep. That's where it's at. Um, have you ever written... A letter and put it in an envelope and put a stamp on it in your life ever? I have. You I have? Yes. You have. Yes. I ticked that off the bucket list. You've done that once. <laughs> yeah, more than once, but okay, it was but in still that letter. a, a uh, significant event that wasn't like an everyday thing. It was like I just wrote a letter and stamped it. Very, I felt very old fashioned. Yeah, that's kind of um, very retro, mm, a very yes. retro thing to do. I don't remember when I last did it, but uh, I have done it on occasions. All right. Um, let's think, let's think, let's think. In any, any of the, in, when you wrote that letter, did you actually, did you say, I'm praying for you? Someone. Yes. Oh, you yeah, did? Yeah, okay, yeah. in, the, in, the, in yeah. the paper one? Yeah. In the paper one, you told them you were or praying for Or at least one of the paper ones, I've said Yeah, You've, said you've that. done that yeah, in your yeah. life. All right, what other forms of communication do we have? Are you talking about written, written communication? Yeah, yeah. So we've got letters, we've got email, we've got text, we've got messenger, we've got WhatsApp, we've got, yeah, well, all of those. Yeah, all those. Any other forms of communication? You could probably put something public if you wanted on... on If you posted something up like like a status and said, hey, I'm praying for such and such. Yeah, well, if you think about it, it's a similar scenario to what Paul's doing here because he's writing specifically to the Ephesians. He's saying, hey, I'm making mention of you, but we're reading it right now. Okay, so he's kind of public. He's kind of thrown it up onto social media so that everybody can see it. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah, all right. But sorry, where were you going with this? All right. Have you... So you've you've communicated to lots of different people, lots of different times, I'm praying for you. Mm -hmm. That's nice. Have you ever written out the prayer that you just prayed for them and Not said, hey, this is, the, this is the prayer I just prayed for you? Look, I probably have done that in, in a small capacity. Like, hey, I just want to let you know I prayed for your family and I hope that for they're well. For your particular well. situation. Yeah. Uh-huh. But not, not specifically as Paul does right here and he's like, this is – Word for word, this is what I'm praying. Yeah, so it's like he's, he's writing, hey, I'm praying for you guys in Ephesus. 
you know what? I'm just going to write out what I just prayed. Yeah. <laughs> and so he just writes it out. This is what I prayed. And, and, and he, he writes it out word for word. Mm. That's kind of unique. I never actually stopped to think about it until I was preparing for today's 20 Million Movement Bible study. I never stopped to think about that Paul actually sort of sat down and get, it's gone, you know what, I'm going to actually write down what I actually prayed for these guys. Mm, mm. And he actually writes it out. And I'm just kind of thinking, I wonder what would happen if next time I texted someone and said, hey, I'm praying for you about such and such, if I actually, hey, this is the prayer I just prayed. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask, do you think that that's um, a good example to follow? Or is that maybe too time consuming? I don't know. Well, let me answer your question with a with a question. Mm-hmm, yeah. Can it be a bad thing to do? Well, no, I guess did not. It, yeah. If Paul did no, it, no. how can it be a? If Paul did it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, because we've got to remember here mm-hmm. that the author of this is actually the Holy Spirit. So if Paul did it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, then it can't be a bad thing to do. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And I'm sort of think, sitting here thinking, you know what? This is actually probably a nice thing to do. Yeah. I've, never, I've never done it in my life. I've told people through many different forms of communication, I'm praying for you, but I've never told them, hey, this is what I just prayed mm-hmm. and written it out for them so they can actually read what I just prayed. Have you ever written out your prayers though? I know a lot of people keep like a prayer journal of some kind. I've kept a Bible study journal, but never kept a prayer journal. Okay. Okay. Have you kept a prayer journal? I wrote down one prayer one time and okay. I discovered that that was very nice, but it was, it was not for me. <laughs> yeah. and, that, and that's fair enough because everybody connects with God in different ways. Yeah, which is really beautiful, really unique. Yeah, it is. And, um, and, and when, you, yeah, when you understand that and you recognize that in people, it's like, wow, you connect God with God this way and you connect that way. And, you know, some people, everybody, I think all forms of connection are important for everybody, but every person has their primary form. Mm-hmm. So for some, for me, my primary way of connecting with God is Bible study. Mm-hmm. For other people, their primary way is prayer. That does not mean that I don't pray or they don't study the Bible. Mm-hmm. For other people, their primary way is um, is you know at 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 church and in social gatherings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For others, their primary way is by themselves in the bush, in yeah. nature. You know, so lots of people have different primary ways, but all of those ways that I've mentioned and many more are applicable to everyone. Yeah, and it's very important that you get not just your primary form of communication because you'll go a bit stale in your spiritual That's right. walk. And you become unbalanced. Mm-hmm. So if your primary way, and for me, uh, my primary way of connecting with God is Bible study. If I just do Bible study and I neglect prayer and I neglect time with other Christians and I neglect time in nature, mm-hmm. then uh, it's an unbalanced diet. Yeah. And I will, yeah, it stagnates spiritually. It's important that everybody uh, connects with God across all avenues of connection. Mm-hmm. But okay, coming back to this passage, yeah, you'd, you'd recommend that people Why start not? doing this? Why not? I think it's kind of nice. Yeah, it's really awesome. All right, let's work through this prayer and let's. Uh, what are the What are the different things that Paul asks on behalf of the church in Ephesus? What is God? What is Paul asking God to do for them? There's quite a bit of a list here that mm. um, that he works through. What What can you find there? Uh, the very first one that he makes mention of is he's asking that the Spirit of God give them wisdom and revelation. Okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah, uh, wisdom is you know the ability to be able to. 
you know, truly understand God's will and mm-hmm. God's word. And revelation is, well, it is revealing. Mm-hmm. So that God will reveal stuff to them. All right, so continue on from there. What else have you got? Uh, he says that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. So not only do they know know the knowledge, but they understand it. They can grasp it. Um, and that you may know what is the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in saints. Okay, so this is interesting because um, he prays for enlightenment mm-hmm. and he prays that they will be people who live with hope. Yeah. Hope is one of the most important things. And I think that sometimes when people read the word hope, it's like, oh, I hope such and such happens. Mm. Whereas hope is like, no, I have hope in my life rather than uh, the opposite of hope, which would be, what's the opposite of hope? No hope. Despair. Despair. That's right. It's the Mm. opposite of despair. And a person who is despairing is a person who is heading on a very, very bad path emotionally. Mm -hmm. And as soon as, you know, you can be in a very, very dark place in your life, but if you've got hope, if there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and that light is not the headlight of the oncoming train. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, okay. Well, that took a turn. <laughs> but no, if there is light at the end of the tunnel, then as human beings, we can keep going. It's yeah. when there is no light at the end of the tunnel um, or the clouds don't have a silver lining that we find that we're in trouble. And what Paul is praying for is that they do have light at the end of the tunnel. They do have clouds with silver linings because they have the promise of uh, the inheritance that God has made available to them. Yeah, 100%. I think even a very, very small amount of hope can be extremely powerful. Like we yes. totally underestimate the power of hope because like you said, we're like, oh, I hope this happens. No, nah, that's not the kind of hope the Bible's no, talking about. No, not at all. I actually, I spoke with the ladies. So um, I work up at a church on Raymond Terrace and I work, There's a we have a juice bar there. Yes, um, and I was, big shout out to the Raymond Terrace juice bar this morning. Yeah, and 100%. Op shop. Um, and the op shop next door, yes, come by and um, say hey. But I was working at because, the Because what you bar. don't know is that uh, Jasmine manages this. I do. I do manage these businesses. So yes. total unashamed sell of come and say hello at our juice bar and our op shop in Raymond Terrace. And meet Jasmine. Yes, and meet me. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll actually be You'll working be in the juice bar tomorrow and Friday if you want to meet me personally. There you you go. can do that. Um, but I was I was working there. I was making a juice for a really lovely lady, and we just got to talking and chatting. And she uh, grew up um, with a Christian kind of an upbringing. I think she was Jehovah's Witness lady um, in her upbringing, and she had strayed away from that in her latter years in life. But we talk, got to talking about how that hope still remained in her, even though um, it was so far in her past that she like she really carried that around the hope that she had when she was brought up. I think about the whole idea of the second coming. Yes. Um, And wow, it's just incredible. Like she hadn't chosen that path for her life, but the hope that she somehow got from her childhood was enough that that gave her day-to-day peace. And she was just a really lovely, happy, chirpy lady. I was really honored to talk with her. (laughs) That's an awesome blessing right there. Praise God. Yeah. And, you know, when you you stop and think about... um, you know, the positivity that comes. I often look at, you know, the biblical concept of hope as being similar to confidence. Mm, yeah. Because when I have confidence in something and I have security, it's a mixture of confidence, security, um, preparedness, I guess, in many ways, because when you've read the end of the book and you know how it finishes, then, you know, it takes away the fear. Mm-hmm. So there's no fear. 
that the, the biblical hope is very is something very very special. And Paul goes on. Why don't you read what it says there? Um, in relationship to hope and the inheritance. Alrighty, so it's talking specifically about the hope of his calling, God's calling, and to know what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. It's a very wordy yes, wordy sentence there. The riches of his glory in the inheritance of the saints, which really is talking about, okay, what is it that the saints inherit? So what the, the, what did the salvation. Sa- salvation, yes, yeah. what else? They inherit, um, they become co-heirs with Christ. Okay, and an heir is somebody who inherits? Yeah, a kingdom. A kingdom. And so what is it that Christ inherits? He inherits the world. Yes. Anything else? You're getting at a particular thing that I'm not grabbing. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I love the way you put that right there. (laughs) Kind of everything. Oh, true. It's like, is the ruler and creator of the universe... And this is, this is something that blows my mind every time I think about it because the Bible says we're heirs of God, joined heirs with Jesus Christ. Mm. An heir is an inheritor or a possessor. Yeah. And so if we are joined heirs with Jesus Christ, then whatever Jesus Christ inherits is what we inherit. So we inherit everything. Which is the entire universe. <gasps> wow, that is powerful. It's mind-boggling. You stop and you, it's hard to wrap your head around it because it's like, okay, we are the least worthy in the whole universe. There are mm. you know, so many other beings out there that have never sinned, that have never been where we are right now, and are so much more worthy to be joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And yet the Bible says that we as human beings, mm. weak, failing, sinful human beings saved by the grace of God, are the ones that receive the privilege of being able to receive that inheritance. Mm. Very, very cool. This actually reminds me of, I was reading in Hebrews just recently, uh, the very beginning of Hebrews talks about introducing Jesus and says that he has um, become so much better than the angels in his ministry here on earth, which is crazy because um, the Bible also says that man was made a little lower than the angels um, in his glory. So, um by his death and sacrifice on our behalf, he has actually raised the level of humanity um, to a position we couldn't attain without him. By him, like being Emmanuel, God with us, becoming a human, he elevates the whole of humanity with himself. Amazing. It's just an amazing, a mind-boggling thought that we have right here. Mm. And this is what Paul brings out right in the middle of his prayers. Like, okay, I'm, I'm praying that you guys don't forget the inheritance you've got coming your way. Yeah. That uh, the whole universe is, uh, is, 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 is yours by the promise of God. Mm. It's going to be something very, very special to look forward to. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We did mention in the last segment that Angela and Shell, so this is Angela who has been co-hosting and producer Shell who does production here at times, mm-hmm. um, just bumped into it, just randomly bumped into each other in the airport in Chicago. How random is that? And of course, both of them are rushing to get to their next flight. So it's not like they have time to sit down and figure out like, well, I wonder whether we're in the same building at the same time. Mm. Um, they, just, they just literally walked around the corner. And I mean, this is, this is the world's busiest airport. I mean, it's pretty quiet right now, I would imagine, but the world's busiest airport. And they, the world is a small place. Yeah. Faith FM reunion in <laughs> Chicago 20 minutes ago. That's awesome. Who would have ever thought? 
Um, all right. Oh, oh what, what have we got there? Um, okay. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Text coming through here. And these silly phones, they do silly things here. <laughs> Lock themselves up. Okay, so this person has texted in to say, I often write prayers out. I use the prayers of the Bible, especially Paul's prayers. I've also posted this to the person on coloured paper. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Fantastic. Epic right there. Yeah. Epic. So this well, is, this four is somebody... steps ahead of us in the studio. <laughs> yeah, that's right. This is somebody who actually does what Paul was doing, writes them out, doesn't just write them out uh, you know, on a random text message somewhere, mm-hmm. puts it on coloured paper. Coloured paper. Puts it in the post, sends it away. That's arrives really with a stamp cool. on it. Man, how good would you feel receiving one of those letters? Yeah, that'd be, that'd be pretty amazing. Yeah. Wow. That's super cool. All right, where are we up to? Um, next prayer is, that we're going to look at today is Philippians. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3 to 11. Let's, um, let's take a few verses at a time and work our way down through it. So uh, starting, this one is a, is a little different than yeah. the Ephesians one. But anyway, if you can start for us in verse 3, just give us, say, the first three verses. All right, first three verses, um, beginning in verse 3, says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, Always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you, um, all with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Okay, so what is different about this prayer? Um, this one's, this one's every not actually, prayer he's making mention of them. But this one's not actually a transcript. Okay. So this, is, this prayer is more along the lines of, hey, I'm praying for you. Something we t- see more typically. Yes. Today. And then he goes on to say what he's actually praying for about them, okay. which once again is, is something that we typically do today. Although today I tend to think that we don't, send pe- we don't usually send people a list. Yeah, no. You might do if, if, um, if you're quite close to them and you know, you've had a, a connection where you've shared a bunch of things like, yep. hey, how is, th- how is this going, this going? I'm praying for such and such and such and such. Uh-huh. I see that fairly commonly, but I mean... Perhaps different scenario as he's writing to a whole church rather than just a particular person. Mm, mm. Very interesting. So he's writing to a whole church and he's going to make a bit of a list of things that he's praying for them. And once again, you know, if I was in the church in Philippi, mm-hmm. I would be pretty excited to get you know, a letter from Paul say, hey, I'm praying for you and I'm praying for this and this and this and this and this and this and that as well. Yeah. They, he also seems like he sounds very excited to write to them. He says he's making requests for you with all joy. He is really excited to pray for these guys all the time. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? Uh, once again, if uh, Paul was... It'd be cool to get a prayer from Paul. It'd be even cooler to get a prayer from Paul where he's super excited. Yeah. Well, imagine when people... Um, tell you, hey, I'm praying for you. Like very nice sentiment, always. But if they're like, hey, I just can't wait to pray for you. Do you think we usually only ever pray for people in times of crisis? Yes, I fully think that is the case, and it shouldn't be. The There's case. nothing here that I see in the book of Philippians that indicates that this church is in crisis. Or not? Certainly, it has its it has its issues because every church has its issues. Mm-hmm. But this is like not like the the letter to First Corinthians or Galatians which were both churches in major, major uh, crisis. Yeah. Philippians is, uh, Philippi is, yeah, yeah, it's going to have its issues and, and, and Paul's going to write about certain things, but uh, nothing like the, you know, the issues that you've got in, say, Corinth or um, amongst the, 
mm. the Galatians. Yeah, well, Philippians is a very uplifting book. Really incredible read just to yeah, it is. inspire your ministry. It is. All right, so let's have a couple more verses there. All right, yes. So now we're in verse 6. It says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it's right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers with me of grace. Okay, so this is um, Paul is Paul is the one who really who here. There, let me try that again. Paul is really the one who is here in crisis. Mm-hmm. He's because he's about in chains. Being in chains. He's talking about being in chains. That's not fun. Wow, that's really interesting too. Then that he's in chains and he's um, locked up in prison and he's still praying with joy. And this is not the first time that Paul has prayed with uh, with joy when he's been in chains and locked up <laughs> yeah. in prison. There's a very very famous um, incident that actually took place in Philippi where he was locked up and uh, in prison and. Um, in the stocks and couldn't lie down because he would had been beaten black and blue, and so because he couldn't sleep because he was in pain and in misery, and life was just horrible. Uh, he and his friend Silas they just spent the night singing. Mm. Well, they spent half of the night singing. Okay. Because in the middle of the night, this big earthquake came through. Oh, true. And uh, the prison fell down, and they kind of were like. The the, the, the the jailer was about to commit suicide because he did not want the very slow death that a jailer would get if he let his prisoners get away. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'll just take the quick one. And Paul's like, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. We're still here. We're still here. Don't panic. Don't freak out. And uh, and then led that person to Christ. That is amazing. Oh, such an incredible story. It is. It is. And it illustrates, you know, Paul's attitude, you know, Regardless of what circumstance he found himself in, he recognized that he was a blood-bought son of God. Mm. He was experiencing the, 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 the power of God's grace in his life, and he was able to rejoice because of that. That's, that's, that's a life goal right there. Mm. And not only for himself in every circumstance, he can see in every other person in every other circumstance. Hence the jailer in that story that we yes. just discussed. It's like, okay, we've got this opportunity. Well, let's convert the jailer. It's, yeah. it's midnight and we just had a big earthquake and half the city fell down. But let's convert the jailer because that 